What's going on, Flyer fans? Welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here with only Kyle tonight. Uh, Jack Smith got married on Saturday, and he's on his honeymoon. So congratulations to Jack. And yeah, tonight you just got me and Kyle. Kyle, how was your weekend, dude? A lot better than somebody who just threw his life away. I'm just kidding, Jack. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, man, didn't you just go to a, a concert last night? Or was I did. It I, went, I went and seen Incubus in the Met. How was I it? I was in the pit. Oh, fucking phenomenal, dude. Best concert I've ever seen. You got pit tickets? Yep. Did they mosh at Incubus? Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Six. So they played, they played the whole record straight through, huh? They played "Make Yourself" straight through, and they played a couple songs off of "Science," and that's when it got real heavy. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, I saw some uh, some Snapchat videos. Look like a good show. I haven't been to the Met. How's that? Uh, the sounds happen? fucking phenomenal, but you would expect nothing else from an opera house. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's an old opera house. So I mean, two best venues in philly so far that i've been to with sound wise has been uh the met and union transfer you know i really like union transfer too that's a smaller venue right yeah and the sound's phenomenal there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't i have a bunch of uh bands coming around i don't think that any of them are playing at the union transfer that's a shame but back to hockey or let's get started on hockey the flyers obviously had the you know, they had their first game last week. They don't play again until next season. Uh, they're 1-0. Wait, as, what? <laughs> as a joke, by the way, since, you know, every other team is playing three, four, five games. The Flyers have played once since, uh, when did they play? Friday? Uh, yeah. Friday yeah. at 2 o'clock in the afternoon yeah, they played. So, yeah, what a great fucking time. Actually, it really was, wasn't it? Yeah, no, we had fun, but... <laughs> <laughs> We did have a lot of fun. It certainly helped that the Flyers won, man. I mean, what did you think about how they started in that first period? I mean, or what was your overall assessment of that game? Is it what you expected, or did they exceed your expectations? What were your thoughts? I'm going to go ahead and say that they were kind of on par with what I expected. With a new system, with well, all new systems and all zones and all facets of the game, it's all different. So you got to expect that the first 10 games, 10 to 15 games, are going to be an adjustment period. Um, I was very happy. Even though they really didn't get the motors running 100% in the first period, they didn't make any dumb plays either, it seemed like. If that makes sense, it seemed like Chicago had a little more skating legs in the first period, but the Flyers didn't exactly give them anything it's not like they weren't playing like we've been accustomed to seeing with years past flyers teams in the first period yeah i think that's pretty good assessment i mean you know their their first period ever under the new coaching staff with the new system um it, it looked like you know they weren't necessarily playing defense the whole period but their time in the offensive zone i think was limited with uh, no real possession of the puck, you know, maybe like sporadic uh, shots at the net, things like that. They didn't really put any strings of passes together, um, you know, which was okay. I mean, you, you expect to see that, I think, 
um, for not just the first, you know, like you said, 10, 15 games, but that was the first period ever um, for these guys with the new with the new staff. You know, I, th- I thought they looked okay. Um, you know, you pointed out during the game, Provorov looked a little shaky starting out. Uh, I think he ended up kind of getting his shit together as the game went on. Um, let me see. Who else really stood out in that first period? They were up one nothing after the first, weren't they? Believe so. Uh, I think TK had a goal. He, he, yeah, that's right. He he um he pickpocketed somebody and ended up sniping one, right? Yeah, right at the blue line. He uh, which is, I when he did that, I was like, holy shit, TK is gonna have a monster fucking year if he's making plays like that. Oh yeah, I mean he did it all. He by he read that he read that play perfectly. If he can stick with that, he's gonna have thirty goals this year. You know, that's an awesome point by you because all summer long, I'm the guy asking, you know, can can he perform without being on a line with Giroux and, and things like that? You know, I was one of those guys. And, you know, after one game, he looks like he's ready to break out, man. TK looks like he's ready to break out, at least it's like a 30-30 type year. I'm thinking 35 goals right now. Maybe I'm still a little bit hyped up. But he, he was the best player on the ice, I think, for, at least for the Flyers. You know, second maybe to Patrick Kane. Um, who really didn't have a great game and ended up with three points? Isn't that crazy? That's just Patrick Kane, dude. Yeah, he can he can have a rough game, but I mean, whew, like that one pass he made all the way across the zone. Granted, Raffle probably should have dropped back into the uh, mini triangle there because they were playing the diamond. But again, you're going to see things like that from time to time because they're adjusting to a brand new PK system. So when you got a brand new system installed. You're you're gonna miss reads every once in a while. He he went back into a box setup like they've been playing for the last five years, and he should have dropped back and covered the passing lane while somebody pressured the point. But it is what it is. It wasn't bad, and he, you know, with Patrick Kane, you still have a fifty fifty shot of that pass getting through Raffle. That's how good the guy is. Even so, if he's in the right position, yeah, that's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, back I mean to back to TK. I mean, two goals. I think they credited him with that assist on on the uh, the Lindblom goal that kind of bounced it, uh, hit off the post and ended up bouncing in, which was I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that, at least for the Flyers. Did um, they credit him with that? I thought it was unassisted. Yeah, they ended up giving it to him. Yep, later after the game they gave it to him. Oh, okay. So I mean, so he ended up with three points. Oh yeah, solid start for TK for sure. Um. He looked fast, man. I mean, I think on his second goal when he, you know, turned uh, Duncan Keith inside out, he started behind uh, behind the puck and ended up, you know, obviously with the puck and, you know, made an incredible move, a backhanded shot over the shoulder, I think it was, of, of uh, it was at Crawford, right? Yeah, it was a beautiful shot. Absolutely. I sick. mean, that's like a one in a million shot, man. That was gorgeous. And you know what I loved is he actually said the same thing. He didn't. He wasn't trying to place it in that spot. He was just trying to get it towards the net up in that area, which I, you know I appreciate that honesty because you know I, I, a lot of times I don't know if you can even pick a spot like that on your backhand. So I was. It's pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, I can barely get the puck off the rink on my backhand. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool that he admitted that, but I mean, it's still a fantastic, fantastic goal. I mean, we all went nuts. Um, I think TK's in for a big year, man. I, it's nice to see because he held out for a couple days, 
you know, not because he wanted to or anything like that, but, you know, a lot of people, I think, at least a lot of the, the writers or who, if you follow anybody with the media, um, yeah, even Elaine Vigneault said they wish that he was there from the beginning of camp learning a new system, things like that. Apparently he called up quick, quickly, and then, you know, he looked like he was in midseason form in, in game one. Yeah, he really looked, I mean, ready to go. The dude was revved up and ready to go like he had something to prove. And so far, game one, he fucking proved it. Yep, hell yeah. So, I mean, you know, another game tomorrow, they, they play the Devils. Uh, should be interesting to see. I, I I don't know if I'd consider the Devils a lesser opponent. You know, they looked okay so far. Um, but I think they got their clocks clean. A couple nights ago against the Sabres, like seven to two, some shit like that. But yeah, but that's also uh, what goalie got hurt for them. Uh, they're the relying on Schneider. Yeah, they're relying on Blackwood now. Blackwood's not having a good go at it. But yeah, there's been a lot of. Have you seen any of that bullshit on uh, from the Devils fans saying Black Blackwood's better than Hart? No, that's pretty retarded. I don't remember Hart giving up seven goals ever. They're delusional up there, man. They're smoking all kinds <laughs> of crap up there. <laughs> um, but yeah, back back to some of these guys from from Game One. The uh, Flyers' big offseason acquisition, Kevin Hayes. How do you think you looked? Um, him himself looks fine. Uh, the guy's positioning is phenomenal. Like. The dude's always in position, and I don't know how because he's not the greatest skater. But I'll tell you what, I, he, that guy always finds a way to get in on a forecheck. He always finds a way to break up a place over the blue line and in the neutral zone. It's like he's got a clone, three three of himself. That's the whole line. It's three Kevin Hayes in every zone. That's pretty uh, <laughs> The line, though, the line just never seemed to get going. No. Uh, I wonder how much of that was, you know, that kept getting the Coots and uh, Coots, TK Lindblom out there. And even the other two lines didn't look look bad either. We'll we'll get to them, but you're you're right. I mean, uh, it seemed like you you didn't hear Giroux's name quite as often during that game or or even um, Voracek, for that matter. I mean, that line was kind of quiet. Um and, and I'm thinking now, since we're talking about it, if, if the Coots line, you know, obviously with TK Lindblom, if they can do that all year. and They're the first line. and Exactly. And, you know, you have Hayes paired with Giroux. Um, I'm not sure. All right, let's just say Hage, Hayes, Giroux, Voracek. If, you know, Giroux can do his thing and get those other two guys involved, you now have two legit scoring lines that can also play defense. You know, you got Coots on the first line, possible Selkie candidate, and then Kevin Hayes. That that could be dangerous, man. That's two legit number thing, one lines. The only thing I don't like about the Hayes, Giroux, Voracek line is there's no sniper on the line. Mm-hmm. You yeah. got a two way forward in Kevin Hayes who plays a solid two way, two hundred foot game. You got Claude Giroux, who's a playmaker and a half. And don't get me wrong. If he wants to pick a corner or make a fucking ridiculous deke, he's going to. He's that fucking talented. But you got Voracek, who doesn't shoot the puck often and 
he's not exactly a sniper by any means. I don't think anybody's going to argue that he is. There's nobody on the line that shoots. No. I need somebody on that line that shoots the puck. Mm-mm. I mean, you'd think, it, number one, it should be a solid puck possession line, you know, as long as Voracek's not doing his bullshit. He, he's pretty good at possessing the puck. And Kevin Hayes, it's almost impossible to take him off the puck. And you got Giroud doing his thing. I would like to see, at least for a couple more games, how that how that line ends up playing together. Um, yeah, before, for sure. Before they shake it up. Because it, it is intriguing, especially since that other line played so well. You know, you don't yeah, I mean, there's no, line. there's yeah, there's no reason to break up that second line at all. But uh, that first line, it's and you know, it's 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 tricky though because who's we don't have an uh, another legitimate sniper to put. Yeah, yeah. If you are going to swap somebody, I mean, you know, is is Lindblom due for a breakout year? You think can he can he score twenty five goals? He absolutely can. Is I mean, there's no doubt about it, especially up? if if he keeps getting puck luck, like off the post, off a defenseman and in. Oh, yeah. Can you I mean, you got that puck luck all year. I mean, fuck, I could score 25 goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, if, if Lindblom can really score some goals this year, that'll make things interesting. It'll be easier to swap some lines around, I think. Because um, I, I really think I'd like Coots and TK together. If Giroux can do his thing, because, I mean, anybody you pair up with Giroux um, will we'll put some points up. I, I think if Giroux, let's just say they keep Giroux and Hayes together, and, and Hayes, you can put up like 60, 65 points. To me, that's a win, you know. Um, right. it, it just matters, you know, is Voracek. They got to miss a little bit here. Yeah. I mean, it's so kind of what you're banking on. And obviously, listen, we have an extremely small sample size to go by. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if by game six, the first line, well, at least on paper, Giroux, Hayes, and Voracek combine only has four or five points, I think maybe it, they'll think about splitting it up. Who's the odd man out, you think, there? See, that's the tricky part. Like I said, it needs a sniper. You need a sniper for that line, and... You don't have another one. You swap maybe Voracek and, and TK. Yeah, but you don't want to pull TK if TK uh, and Coots keep putting the numbers they keep putting up. Yeah, I think having TK on that line is what gives you the two solid lines. Unless you're to move Hayes with, with Coots. I actually... I, I don't I, mind Hayes taking that the first line center role. Yeah, I don't I mean, mind that either. Because at this point, it's a it's a one A one B. It's not like because Hayes is playing first line center, we're taking minutes away from Coots by any means. No. If anything, that's going to help them in the end. I mean, they're not going to have to play. Uh, you know, the less minutes they have to play now, the more the more they can play towards the end of the. And I'm not looking to give guys breaks already, but you know, if they can shoulder the load, you know, split the load, that can only help. I mean, you have two. They have two legit lines. If that if that second line can score at that pace all year long, you know Giroux's going to do his thing, no matter who's on that line. So uh, you know, I, I think when that those... being said, when we brought up the minutes thing, I just took a quick peek. You yeah. know, just out of curiosity, Couturier actually had more minutes on the ice than Hayes. There you go. How many did he have? Uh, and, albeit it's only by a minute. 
Hayes had 1833 and Coots had 1921. So I'm in it. That's like two shifts, right? Two shifts. Not even. Yeah. Yes, it's one shift. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, uh, I'm going to assume it depends who they're playing. Um, I, I, I would assume that Coots is the better skater. So if, the, if there's a number one line that can really move, I imagine Coots is going to be the guy, going to be the line out there. I don't know. It should be interesting. I mean, I mean they have le- – all right. So I'm going backwards a little bit, but they actually have th- – that we're even having this conversation. Do you remember where we were at this time last year? Oh, my God. It was, can Nolan Patrick play? Is he going to break out? The blah, blah, blah. All these questions. They always <laughs> And now we're like, dude, the Flyers could have two. They could have a 1B and a 1A. You know what I mean? Like and then it's, you're it's, looking, and and then you're looking when Patrick, if Patrick comes back, and well, I think it's a when. I don't think it's an if. I know he's. I'm pretty sure he's going to be back. Yeah. Then you got a, another legitimate center. Yeah, man. I mean, the Flyers are going to be fun. They're going to be at least fun to talk about. I think this year, and, and judging by by game one, you know, there, there's going to be some goals. I got to be honest. I was um, I was optimistic on the season, but I was a little bit. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be able to score this year, you know, being with the new system and, you know, they don't really have the, that sniper type guy. I mean, I know they have guys that can put the puck in the net, but but after game one, to see the way TK was flying around the ice and seeing the lines that they're kind of putting out there, I mean, they scored four goals. I know it's just the Blackhawks guys, and they, they were still rolling out Duncan Keith and, and Brent Seabrook, guys like that, but they were fun to watch. They they weren't boring, and and that's all that's all I really want. If you're not going to win a cup, which ultimately is the number one thing, at least be fun to watch cuz I miss I miss watching the Flyers and having fun watching them, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I I I have absolute minimum complaints from game 1. Yeah. You know, from from watching it, uh there's literally not much you could complain about. Uh, obviously, you the, the minimum thing you can complain about, the out-of-position, this is all system stuff. So it, come see me game 20, <laughs> and then I can give you a definitive list of things I'm not happy with. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, what was I going to say there for a second? I mean, I felt almost like a pl- – I haven't been that excited for the first game of the Flyers. Like, dude, we were getting up and yelling like it was a playoff game after a goal, right? Doing the high five, we all were. that shit. I was. Yeah, I. You almost ripped my pillow into two pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Bonneman almost scored, man. So close. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was fun watching the Flyers. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't boring. It, it, Dave Haxtell was behind the bench with that stupid fucking mannequin face. It was just there was some excitement in the in the air again. It was it was fun. So I'm excited for this year. Game two finally tomorrow night. Um, let, let's wrap up talking about this first one real quick. So I got a couple more guys here for you, Kyle. What did you think of Scott Lawton's game? You know, Scott Lawton brings one of the and, – and, and this is this is the thing that kills me with some Flyers fans. Um, when Scott Lawton originally came up, everybody's expectations, first-round pick, was he's going to be our second-line center or third-line center definitively. That – Obviously, was not the case. But this dude plays such a consistent overall game. 
he hurt you nowhere on the ice. Yeah. Nowhere on the ice. And you slipped him right into a third line spot and he played fine. He skates good. He's always in on the forward check. He's rarely out of position defensively. What could you possibly want for somebody you're only paying a couple mil for? That's true. I thought he played a, a really solid game. Uh, you know, there's not too many teams in the NHL that can that are as deep at center as as the Flyers are. You know, they're, they're, we talked about Hayes, we talked about Couturier. Uh, if, if Patrick can make it back sometime soon, and you're rolling out a guy like Scott Lawton on a, on the third line, who's he's no slouch. You know, I think we were all excited to see him on the fourth line because we wanted to see a, a good fourth line, but he's absolutely capable of playing 3C. And I thought he played a very solid game, you know, uh, for the most part mistake-free. Um, you know, when, when you have two top lines like that, I think, you know, at the very least, you all you can ask from your third and fourth lines is just don't fuck up. You know, don't give don't give up any any shitty goals. Just go out there and play a solid game. And let the top two lines do all the heavy lifting. You know. Yeah, well, it it almost becomes a possession game for your bottom two lines at that point. Like, listen, possess the puck, get chances when you can. Don't force anything. Don't hurt the team. And you you couldn't have scripted it any better. I mean. A guy that we, I don't know if he was on your docket to talk about, but a guy who really impressed me out of nowhere was Tyler Pitlick. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the guy. He only played nine minutes. He only played nine minutes. Well, 10. He played nine minutes and 57 seconds. But that's a guy who stood out. He had a, a nice pass, nice assist. You know what I mean? Did like, he have an assist? Yeah, he did. Hey, you know what? Like during the game, I feel like I heard his name every couple minutes. Like I've definitely heard Pitlick's name more than I heard Giroux's name. That's for sure. He th- he threw a nice elbow in front of the benches, which I know <laughs> yeah, every sure Flyers fan in the state went, "All right, I can get behind this guy." <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. Yeah, Tyler Pitlick, man. He no, pretty much. No training camp, didn't play any uh, preseason games, came in and stepped right in, and he looked solid. He definitely didn't give up. He didn't make any mistakes. Definitely none that led to goals, that's for sure, and that's all you can ask for from your fourth-line guy. Um, Yeah, that was a really good point by you. I mean, the third and fourth lines, as long as they can possess the puck and and keep it in the offensive zone, that's that's the best defense. You're not giving up any um, defensive chances if you have the puck in the offensive zone the entire shift, and it felt like... It felt like that's exactly what they did. You know, I can't remember the the bottom two lines really being pinned back in the defensive zone. And, and last oh. year, that would have been an entirely different story. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we were dealing with it the, well, the last five years, for Christ's sakes. Mm. <laughs> the bottom two lines couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah. So, thank God that's over with. Um they had uh, Torinsky playing with Law and then uh, JVR. I mean, wh- what did you think of that? They looked okay. I mean, JVR, to me, it looked like he tried to create. He didn't look bad, but uh, I still i am going to stand by. You know, uh, he needs to play with a guy like Giroux in order to produce. You know, if he's, if he's going to score 30 goals, he needs to be playing with a guy like Giroux. He didn't look terrible. That's good. I'm, I'm with you, dude. That's, that's that, uh, like... 
the Giroux Lion is missing a sniper. Yeah, I mean, who, can can JVR play right wing? That's the problem. I don't think he does play right wing. And he's a left-handed shot, so, right? Yeah, because remember they were talking about sliding Giroud to the right wing mm-hmm. to allow JVR on the left. Mm-hmm. But Giroud only played right wing in juniors for a minimum amount of time. Yeah, they, they really need to find a way to, to, to work that out, man. Because I, I actually... I actually kind of like JVR. I don't, I'm not sure why. Maybe because he's a you know big body guy that can score some goals, even though he doesn't play that way. Um, but I, I maybe it's because I, I do think if he was playing with a Giroux, he really really could put up some points. He really could score some goals. They just they have to find a way to do that. You know, if 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 it's Coots, Giroux, and JVR, or I don't know if I if I I don't know if I like Hayes, JVR, and Giroux, but you know. They, they got to find a way because I think that would be. A- I think. I think that line. I think that line will be fine once Patrick comes back because you get you, you. I mean, nothing against Scott Lawton. He's like I said, he's a solid player. He hurt you nowhere. But Scott Lawton is not a playmaker. Scott Lawton's not going to win you a game. I mean, occasionally, Scott Lawton will win you a game, but not on a daily basis. You know what I mean? You're not going to rely on Scott Lawton to win you a game. Patrick, on the other hand, does have playmaking ability. I mean, one of – and this is just my personal opinion, so nobody shoot me out of the sky for this one. (laughs) One of the best passers I've ever seen is Nolan Patrick. The dude passes the puck phenomenally. We've seen it time and time again where you're like, how did he just – between the legs through three people and it's a top corner one-timer. From somebody else. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that three or four times last season alone. The dude's a prolific passer. Yeah, they, I mean, they could definitely use him back for sure. Um, I'm sorry, I got distracted there for a second. Uh, who were we just talking about, man? The Nolan Patrick, right? Yeah, we're well. We were talking about the JVR Nolan Patrick Walton uh, line. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I mean, Scotty Lawton is solid filling on the third line, but if if you if I got to choose between Nolan Patrick or Scott Lawton on the third line, I'm going Nolan Patrick all day long. Um, you know, it's a shame. It, it's a shame that he's hurt. You know, early on last year it was JVR that was hurt. This year it's Nolan Patrick. You're right. I I think those two together would would be a, a successful combination, a successful duo. Um, you know, and then you you throw in a guy like Horensky, or maybe a little bit down the line, you throw in a Farabee. That's a that's a fucking solid third line, man. That's a lot it of is. teams. That's a lot of teams' second line. That was the fucking Flyers' second line almost last year. Pretty much. You know. Um, Pretty to, much. To have that as your third line, and then to have those other the one A and one B line, dude. All of a sudden, this is a deep fucking team, and you. You know, we're talking about Scott Lawton being a, a solid, reliable third-line guy. You know, he's nothing over the top. He's going to get the job done. Now you have him down on your fourth. And I know we're, you know, we're talking what-ifs here because Nolan Patrick is still out, obviously. But, no, uh, you know, Scotty Lawton down on the fourth line. Uh, who the hell else was down there? Pitlick and, and – oh, my God, dude. We haven't even mentioned Michael Ralph yet. I don't know if I was watching the same game as a lot of you guys out there. But Michael Raffle had the fucking Jets on, on on 
Friday. I mean, he was flying all over the ice. He didn't look like Michael Raffle to me. He looked like, uh, you know, one of the aliens from the, uh, the uh, what the hell, the Space Jam movie took over his body or something, man. I, re- <laughs> I remember Michael Raffle. Like, when I think of Michael Raffle, I think of slow as shit, good around the boards. You know, he'll, he'll win some puck battles, won't turn it over. But I don't think of Michael Raffle as a guy flying all over the ice doing wraparounds and shit. You know what I mean? And you, you put – this is the part that I love with how the Flyers are structured right now. You put guys in positions to succeed. You're playing Raffle in the first or second line. Yeah, he's going to pot some points. But he's not really in a position that suits his style of play the best or suits the team the best. Once you start breaking these guys up and you got the depth that the Flyers have at this point, you have a, a, a third and a fourth line that can play NHL hockey. Are they going to, oh, my God, wow you every shift? Absolutely fucking not. And we're not expecting them to. But they can play solid NHL hockey. And if you look at anybody who's won the cup in the last forever, they didn't do it off of one line or two lines. No, they've had – look at the Pittsburgh Cups. I don't know how Pittsburgh did this, but every year they fucking fielded four lines of guys that can play legitimate NHL hockey. So I think that's something that, you know, a lot of the people who are, and for good reason, I guess, the last couple of years, they're, you know, they're kind of cautious or they don't want to get their hopes up for the Flyers this season. I think, you know, they're really underestimating the value of filling out an entire roster of NHL players, you know, who can, they can actually play the game. And like you said, and it, this, this I think is so important you know, putting guys in positions to succeed, playing to their strengths um, can only can only be good things, you know, can only mean good things. And I think we saw some glimpses of that. You know, I know it's only one game, but it was po- it was positive. It's better to see that than to have not seen it, you know, because if we didn't see it, we'd be like, oh, same old raffle, same old this and that, you know. So to see these changes and to see them succeed, um, I was pleasantly surprised by Michael Raffle. I, I absolutely loved what I saw. I was every time every time he was on the ice, I was excited. He was hitting somebody or flying all over the place or, you know, scoring a goal, which was a really nice goal. I mean, it could have been a little bit lucky, but it was still nice to see, you know. Absolutely, and you know, one of my favorite parts of the game was the, just the simple fact that the forecheck was there the entire game. Oh yeah. Um, the neutral zone play, they shut Chicago down on, uh, like way more than they shut any fucking team down the entirety of last year in the neutral zone. Yep. And the, uh, defensive zone to the neutral zone, to the offensive zone, the breakout, good Lord, they were causing turnovers everywhere on the forecheck, and then when they got the puck in the defensive zone, they moved it quickly up and out. Something you haven't seen in a while, or at least I haven't, not it, watching the orange and black. It did. It did look It looked a lot more cleaner than, than it has in years past. Years past, it was kind of like, you know, the other team just kind of waltzed into the zone, and the Flyers would fumble the puck around a little bit, try to, you know, bounce it, bank it off the boards, or, 
you know, put it in a they spot where there. the other team, yeah, it would never get the fuck out. Yep. Yep. So they would screw themselves over. And they, you didn't really see too much of that. I mean, the first period was kind of rough, uh, rough a little bit. You know, you had uh, Sandheim, Provorov kind of fumbling around. I think I, I didn't see the first goal. Uh, I was looking uh, on, on goddamn Twitter. But, uh. Way to go, Jim. <laughs> At my house, fucking sitting in Twitter. <laughs> Uh, was it Braun who screened Hart? Was it kind of shot through his legs or something there? Yeah, it was. It was a little bit of a tricky shot. I was a little disappointed and Hart didn't get it. But at the same time, tough shot, right? It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. It was a, the guy pulled it in such a way and shot it through Braun's legs that the goalie really didn't have a read on where the puck was going. You've scored, so, you scored a couple like that, right? Uh, that's like all of my goals. In fact, <laughs> nine times out of ten, the goalie catches it, and I just shove him into the net. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, obviously Carter Hart's going to give up a couple goals this year. That was a tough one to give up. Um, but I mean, if if you take away, and obviously they still count. If you take away that the power play goal and then the, the late, it was an empty netter, wasn't it? With just over a minute or something left. Uh, they pulled the goalie. I'm sorry, they pulled the goalie and scored Chicago. Yeah, I believe they might have been on a power play too, right? Okay, all right, so like two man advantage goals. I mean, the Flyers played pretty solid hockey. Um, I think they were, I want to say, two for two or two for three on the power play. And, you know, they did give up that one late power play goal. But overall, no, it was I mean, only one power play goal. Yeah, okay. And then the other one was essentially a power play because the goalie was pulled. Six on five, okay. Yeah, special teams I thought looked okay. Yeah, they had some big bodies out there. Hayes makes makes the ice look a lot smaller, um, at least for the opposition. At least to me, man. His stick, his st- he's just all over the place. Huge wingspan, huge body, monster stick. I'm excited to see what this team can do, man. Very deep team. We haven't even really touched on the defense yet. Uh, and to bring it back full circle to Kevin Hayes, because you just brought him up, and it just made me think of something else. Um, watching him to play through preseason – watching him play in the first game, I don't see what everybody was talking about, about him being lazy and taking nights off. The dude didn't even take a fucking preseason game off. Yeah. If the guy was going to take a game off, it would have been a preseason game. Yeah, it's, I did. it's true. So maybe he, him and Vignol really like each other. Uh, I'm wondering if, if you know, because uh, uh, bigger guys with, with bigger strides, they – they don't look as fast. They don't play as. They don't look like they're playing as fast. I wonder if that gets confused for being slow or lazy. But I mean, I haven't I haven't watched enough to give an assessment. But so far, he, he looks he's exceeding my expectations. And it they weren't very high to begin with. If I if I'm being honest here, so you know. What are you to, talking about? You said we're going to go undefeated. Oh, <laughs> that was your <laughs> eighty-one more, baby. One and zero. <laughs> I mean, Carter Hart ruined the whole um, 82 str- uh, shutouts, but, you know, you can't win them all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's get to the defense a little bit here. We got, um, we'll start off with, uh, you know, the big contract guy, the anchor on the defense, Ivan Provorov. Uh, how did you think he played? Ah, shaky as shit for the first period and a half, two periods. Um... Looked like he got his skates under him pretty much from the third period on. Still a little rough, um, but again, young kid, brand new system. 
this is probably only his third or fourth system, like legit hockey system he's played in. So it's going to take some time. So I'm hoping he snaps out of that like quick as shit because we rely on him to be the number one defenseman, not a guy who's going to have two good years, one bad year, and then okay years. No, we need him to have good fucking years. Not, you know what I mean? Not mediocre. So he was a little bit mediocre in the first game. He ended up with a point. So it is what it is. Oh, he did that second power play unit played good. But he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. I'd say he was kind of on par with his season last year. Yeah, and I, I, I need to see more. For a first game, I'm, I'm totally um, – I'm, I'm happy with you know, how he played. He didn't look as bad as – remember how he started out last year? We were like, what the hell's wrong with Provorov, right? That was the whole team now. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to fault one single guy. For sure. Yeah, he didn't He didn't look like that. I mean, I agree. His first period is a little bit shaky. He looked like he maybe was a little bit nervous or something. Who knows what it was. Um, had trouble getting the puck out of the zone. But he, I think he did improve as the game went on. You know, he didn't notice him as much as in a negative way. Um, he didn't notice him in, in, in an extremely positive way. Um, but I'll, I'll take that for a first game, you know, just getting your feet wet type thing. Um, I'm not worried about Provorov this year. I think he's going to be he's going to be solid. You know, he he knows his role. Um, I'm sure the the coach has faith in him. He's going to put him in positions to succeed, like you mentioned. Yeah, I'm not worried about Ivan Provorov. What did you think about um, Travis Sanheim? Uh, every time you know, I find myself every single time this kid plays. I don't know if I have all timers uh-huh. when when I watch the Flyers. <laughs> You but can't remember. Every fucking time I watch this kid play, I can't help but go, holy fucking shit, he can skate. Because <laughs> the kid can freaking skate, man. And that's basically, I mean, again, not overly impressive game, like overall game Friday, but he didn't hurt anybody. And for your second year in the NHL, not bad. I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, he played okay. He didn't make any crucial mistakes or anything like that or stand out in negative ways. Um, and, and again, this is tough because we're only going based off one game here, guys. But you know, all overall, right. I'm happy with the, way Sanheim, with the way Sanheim played. I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to you know, have a solid season overall. Um, a guy who I kind of forgot was still on the team during this game was... The one Shane Gossespierre. I really didn't hear his name all that much. He didn't play a bad game, but I, you know, they had a couple power plays. I think they were trying to get him the puck at the point. Couldn't really get a shot off. Um, you know, teams are pretty much on to that at this point. You know, they know. Oh yeah, they blocked that lane off immediately. Yeah, so I mean, they're going to have to figure something out there. I mean, they did score twice on the power play, but uh, I think all it was a second unit both times. So. They're going to have to figure something out for Ghost because if, if he's going to succeed this year, it's going to be on the power play. It's not going to be his defensive game. What did you think of Ghost? Did you did you really, you know, do you have an assessment? Uh, it's so tricky because it's one game. Ghost didn't play a bad game. He played a lot better defensively than I'm used to Ghost playing, which is nice to see. 
I'm not going to lie because I'll tell you what. I was so low on the ghost train. I mean, I derailed that motherfucker about half <laughs> last year. <laughs> I was ready to send another train on the other side of the tracks right into it. I was right there but late, Dean. I, he didn't play a bad game defensively, and I think a big part of that is because Braun. Yeah. And a big part of that is Braun. And I can't, I can't be mad at it. Because that's good coaching, and <laughs> that's uh, like all I could ask for. Yeah, here's—I mean, here's the thing, guys. Like we, we want Ghost to do well. I mean, obviously, because he plays for the Flyers, and we want the Flyers to do well. I want Ghost to put on a fucking eighty points. <laughs> so, I mean, that's so do I. That's what I want Ghost to do. That's that's what he's out there to do. Because he's he ain't out there to to play defense. That's for them. That's for sure. And I think that's where our frustration comes from. You know, if he's only going to put up 35, 40 points a year and, and, you know, and have excuses for why he sucks at defense, like we don't, dude, we know you suck at playing defense. You don't have to make excuses. Just go score 65 points, 80 points. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, that that's. Do what you did when we fucking called you up. Yeah, that was, that was pretty amazing, wasn't it? That was fun to watch for the Flyers. Absolutely. What do you have, like a 27-game point streak or some shit like that? It was wild. I, I I remember just watching him play, and he made – he came up and made fucking legitimate number two and number one centers look like idiots <laughs> going around them. And it was like, holy shit, this kid is going to be ridiculous. And then he just took a couple steps back, and let's hope for the ghost train's sake they got their coal loaded, and they're going to keep fucking rolling into this year. I really like where you're going with that. We should get some T-shirts made up. The Ghost Train. He's the conductor. That's actually fucking good. You know, they call him Ghost Bear. Just have a fucking Ghost Bear on a shirt. Fucking as the conductor of a train. Uh, let me write this down. If any, I swear to God, if I see any fucking Ghost this Bear train... This is copyright company, everybody. <laughs> if this I see any Ghost Bear train shirts after this podcast gets released, I'm going to find you and I'm going to hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just jot that down real quick here. Okay, moving on. So uh, before we get to the two uh, defensive acquisitions, let's talk about real quick Robert Haig. What'd you think? Honestly, I don't like Robert Haig, and he did not play a bad game. <laughs> he did. I do not like Robert Haig for one reason and one reason only. I want Sam Morin in the fucking lineup. <clears throat> And Robert Hag's not really that good at defense. No. But he really didn't play a bad game. Yeah. So I, I think you gotta play him till he does. I agree with exactly. you. Exactly. Because he didn't he didn't look bad at all. He definitely didn't hurt the team. You know, he didn't look didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. And I think that's all you can ask for. You know, what what the hell is he? Your sixth defenseman? Yeah, pretty much. Excuse Fifth, me. sixth guy. Yeah, so I'm cool with that. So that's our Robert Haig talk for the night. Let's move on to the um, <laughs> the defensive acquisitions, and we'll start with um, Justin Braun first. You know, I think he I think he had a solid game. He always kind of looks under control out there, and in, in in all in all positions, no matter where he is on the ice, he knows where he's supposed to be, and he knows where he's going to be. And I think that's really important because he really is going to help out some of these younger guys. What do you think of Justin Braun? 
One of my favorite things about Justin Braun is, like you said, he's calm, cool, and collected. Justin Braun goes into his situations, and he never looks out of place. He never looks overwhelmed, and he never looks out of position. Yeah. Another thing I really like about Justin Braun is if Justin Braun and one of their four checking forwards goes into a corner, I'm almost positive Justin Braun's going to come away with that puck in some fashion. That's a good point, Which, man. I love, I love seeing. I love that hard-nosed defense. Like, okay, we're going into this corner together. I'm leaving with the puck, or I'm going to give the puck to one of my players. Yeah, I'll tell you who could, who really wishes they still had a guy like Justin Bronze, the San Jose Sharks. Holy shit, man! It's a fucking dumpster fire over there, right this very second. They had to bring back forty-year-old Patrick Marlowe. Yep. Yeah, they 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 do not look good. I was watching them a little bit tonight. Vegas whooped their ass twice. Uh, somebody else whooped their ass, and now they're getting their their asses beat again by Nashville. It's going to be a tough year for them, I think, man. Uh, you know, they lost they lost Pavelski, they lost uh, Braun, and I want to say they lost one more guy. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Donskoy went to Colorado. A couple yep. a couple of depth guys, and um, you know, well, no, Pavelski. fucking Pavelski ain't no depth guy. That guy had thirty eight fucking goals. Right, right. So you subtract. You gave up thirty eight goals for nothing. Yep. Yeah, they're, I think they're in for a rough year. I mean, so, you know, lose. And, I feel I don't bad know, for Joe Yeah, so do I, man. I really wish they would have won a cup for him. But, you know, at the end of the day, fuck it. Um, yeah, I, I think they're in for a tough year. And, and they really, they could use a Justin Braun. He's an underrated player, an underrated defenseman. He knows the game. He's got great hockey sense. And I think... I think we're going to see that now. You know, a lot of people were skeptical because of the trade, because of the price that, you know, Chuck Fletcher paid, the second and the third round pick. Um, Wait, say it, say it 10 more times because Jack's not here too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love you, Jackie. <laughs> I hope you listen to this tomorrow drunk on a beach. Like, fuck these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's very solid overall game from Braun. You know, the the one goal that was scored, he was screening hard, but that, that kind of shit's going to happen. It was a really nice shot. Um, the other guy was uh, Matty Niskanen. What did you think, dude? Honestly, I did not hate his game at all. I thought he had a pretty good game. I mean, he broke up that 2-1-1. Yeah, a couple plays and where he brought some guys out. That's, yeah, that's, that's the play that really stuck out in my head. This dude... He didn't flop like McDonald onto the ice. He cool calculated when I'm going to lay down here and I'm going to stick my stick here. And he got the pass. He didn't fucking spin out of control, take out his own goalie, crashed into the boards. (laughs) Like, so I can't complain. No, he's, he's another one that knows, he knows his job. He knows his role. He knows what he has to do. Um, You know, he knows the kids are going to make mistakes and he needs to be in position to where he can kind of clean up that mess. A little bit, you know, and I, I think Absolutely. they they did a great job doing that. I, I, you know, we said it all year, uh, at, at least myself, and I, I think you kind of agree that, you know, the acquisitions that were made, they weren't the shiny, sexy ones, but they are going to pay off in the end. You know, low key, like like Matt Niskanen. I mean, he's nothing. I mean, so we expect he's nothing like he was going to be, uh, or he used to be. But if he's this solid all year long, I'll take that any day. You know, and and Justin Braun playing his game, you know Kevin Hayes playing his game, three three very solid pickups by Chuck Fletcher. 
it was it was a bit of it was solidifying the team. It wasn't about getting listen, and I'm I'm with everybody on this. If they brought in Panarin, I would have fucking went and bought a Panarin jersey the very next day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, we would have all collectively lost our shit. But if they brought in a guy like Panarin, they would have not been able to solidify the team with four solid forward lines and adding two solid defensemen to a defensive corpse that looked pretty rough last year. Yeah, you're going to have to go out and get two lesser guys. Because, you know, you bring in Niskan and he's making five points something. You bring in Braun, he's making 3.8. You know, they're paying Kevin Hayes $7 million. If you sign Panarin over Hayes, uh, what's Panarin getting? Like $9 million, $10 million? Ten. $10 million. So, you know, say goodbye to a guy like Justin Braun. Um, and Niskanen. You wouldn't be able for it either if you're going to re-sign. You would have had to get rid of either Provorov or Konechny. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, you're going out and you're getting two lesser defensemen. Or, you know, you, you could be playing Sam Moran, Sam Moran, and Haig. You know, and and Phil Myers. All three of those guys could be playing. And then what? You know, what would everybody be saying? You know what I mean? Um, not, not even good if they were having rough years. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, they weren't. You know, they weren't good enough to crack the roster. Now, I mean, Haig beat out Haig beat out Moran and Myers. Okay, so uh, not in my opinion. Okay, all right. I would have preferred to see Morin in the lineup. Didn't happen. Yeah, I like Morin too. They went they went more with the experience, which I understand, especially moving to a new system. You got you kind of don't want somebody in there that doesn't have experience and hasn't played a lot of hockey in the last two years. But uh, they got to start pumping this guy in the lineup at some point. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow night might be the game to do it. I mean, you're going up against the Simmons. Um, oh, my God. Could you imagine if fucking Morin and Simmons fought? Hey, you, you know he's not going to hold back tomorrow. You know he's going to be flying around pumped up, Wayne Simmons. Yeah, and you know what? I swear to God, if any motherfucker in that Wells Fargo Center boos, I'll kill you. <laughs> dude, he's going <laughs> to get the shit booed out of him. Are you kidding me? He's not going to get booed. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? I will give that dude a standing fucking ovation. That right. dude played his fucking heart out for the Flyers. So he's going to get he's gonna get the standing O, you know, when they announce his name. And then when they do the little, uh, what do they do, the montage thing during the period, oh, yeah. during the break. But uh, any other time, he's going to get the shit booed out of him. Well, that's fine. Any that's... other time's fine. Okay. If he fucking scores... Peg that motherfucker with a beer. <laughs> but don't boo him when they introduce him. Nah, they can't. Can they? Dude, it's it's the center, man. It's the FARC. Who fucking knows? Maybe we should go. You could fan police. I'm 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 gonna check on them club box tickets for tomorrow night. Oh yeah? Oh fucking right I am. Yeah, I'm wide open tomorrow if you need someone to go with. Yeah, shocker. oh shit alright so I mean we pretty much covered everything from from game one I mean we didn't really talk about Carter Hart but he he looked solid Um, he made some fantastic fucking saves yeah he sure did they don't win that game I don't think if if Carter Hart doesn't uh, doesn't play that game if Elliot's in that game they may not win 
as as much as it pains me to say, I have to agree. I mean, Carter Hart didn't play the greatest game in the world, but for fuck's sake, he definitely stole at least two goals from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, he looked he looked pretty good. So, um, you know, I'm a, I was a little bit worried because of the whole you know second year, blah blah blah, and I know it's only game one. You know, we're gonna have a lot a couple games coming up now. We get to watch tomorrow night, and tomorrow night. I think it's kind of a big game. You're going against a division rival. You know, they're they're amped up. They've played a couple games. Um the Flyers are kind of sitting That's around. Done well. Yeah, they haven't done well. Let me let me let me look up what they're doing here. I think they have at least one win here. They, they, everybody's beating up on the on the Jets even though they just beat Pittsburgh tonight. Hang on. Oh, you know what? Oh shit, they don't they haven't even won. They they've only played uh-huh. two games. So tomorrow night will be their third game. Uh, I, I thought that they actually beat the Winnipeg Jets there. No, they lost tonight. Jets rally for win. Yeah, there you go. They so trailed the Devils by four goals and beat them 5-4. Huh. And then they gave up seven goals to the Sabres. They're going to be pissed off coming into the fog tomorrow. Yeah, you, yeah, you know Wayne Train's going to be coming in. You know, he's going to be stirring up some shit. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be a high-intense game. Flyers home opener, you know they're going to want to beat us tomorrow night. Should be a good one. Uh, let me see here. What do you want to do? You want to give, you want to give some picks, some scores for tomorrow, or you don't want to jinx it? You want to go around the league a little bit, talk about some standings, I, surprise teams. What do you want to do? I don't. So for tomorrow night, I want to give what I want to see. Okay. Kyle's not keys. necessarily. A, yes, not necessarily a prediction. I, I do not want a prediction because I don't I don't know. It's too early in the season. There's a new system. You got to worry about these motherfuckers just flew back from Prague. Like <laughs> they've been traveling the world. You can't tell me they didn't fucking visit Amsterdam. You know what I mean? Amsterdam. <laughs> so they were in Amsterdam. <laughs> these guys were on vacation. They won a game on vacation, which is a good sign, right? I'm yeah. taking that as a good sign. <laughs> but. I want to see them come out. I don't want to see them come out flat because you know the Devils are coming into the Farg and they got some shit to fucking prove. Oh, yeah. And what better way to prove it than to beat the fucking Flyers at home in their home opener? Yep. As it stands right now, I mean, uh, we're only a couple games into the season. The Devils are in last place with one point in the Metro Division. Even the Flyers, who have only played one game, have more points than the Devils. So, <laughs> a little dundon. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully no, tomorrow, tomorrow night no. stays that way. My keys to the game for tomorrow night. This is a good. We should do this as a segment for the record. Kyle's keys. I agree. Yeah, I already wrote Kyle's that down keys. here. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> my keys to the game. Four check. Four check's got to be there. The 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 four check has to be there 110 percent from the fucking opening face off to the the buzzer. Um, you need the first line to get a little bit of chemistry here. I, I, I really feel like you need the first line to get a bit of chemistry, and I need to see Carter Hart be Carter Hart of last year. Not that he he played a bad game against Chicago at all. He didn't. He played a solid game, but I want to see Carter Hart steal a game real early in the season here. All right, so we're going four check. You want the first line to come to life a little bit. And Carter Hart. 
and the Flyers win tomorrow. Bingo. All right, Kyle's keys. You heard it here. We'll be sure to get that out on Twitter. That's going to be fun. Um, all right. I mean, what else do we have to cover here? I mean, you want to do around the league? Yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. All right, so let's go. Let's cover the Eastern Conference real quick. The Atlantic Division. Sabres off to a hot start. Two zero and one. Are they for real this year? It's hard to say because I thought this last year, man. Remember, they started off last year. Would they fucking win like ten games in a row? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they, I think they won ten games the rest of the year after the All Star break. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's it's tough, man. That Sabres team, it's it's a tricky beast. If they put it together, they're for real. If they don't. They're gonna. They, you're gonna see some pieces move from that fucking team. They're the 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 part of the Sabers that just doesn't that doesn't scream playoffs to me is uh, their goaltending and their defense. Yep. It doesn't scream a playoff team to me. Their fucking offense, if they put it together, oh my god, they're absolutely dynamic. I don't know if you've seen Skinner's goal from the other night, no, but that dude flat out pit-pocketed the defenseman coming out of the zone, turned around, had a breakaway. Wow. Yeah, I mean... If, it was, it he, was fucking beautiful. Is he playing with Eichel? He's got to be, right? Uh, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, so they 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 have some dynamic players. Um, you know, they beat, they beat teams like the Penguins and the Devils. Um, and we'll get to the Penguins in a little bit because there might be some shit starting down there or over there, whatever. Um... But then they, they come out, and I actually watched a lot of this game last night. Uh, they came out, they played against the Blue Jackets, who we're all expecting them to be not very good, and they're getting outshot like 45 to 15. And, they, you know, they, they took it to overtime. They went and got a point, ultimately losing in, in overtime. So, I mean, that could be a microcosm of, of what we see from the Sabres this year. You go out and you beat teams like the Penguins and the Devils, and then, you know, you lose in overtime to a team like the Jackets while getting outshot by 30. Um, yeah, and the Jackets are a real fucking bunch, man. Yeah, yeah, 40, 45 shots from a team without Panarin, without Duchesne, without Dezangle. So that's that's kind of rough. And who the fuck is their goalie? Uh, man, Corpus Salo, I think his name is. And that was the name? Yeah, they have another guy. I can't remember his name. That's how important he is. I don't even know his fucking name. Yeah, they're in, they're in for some shit this year. Tortorella's going to... He's gonna be. He's, he might have a heart attack, Tortorella. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the end of Tort's shelf life. Yeah, pretty much it, right? Yeah, I mean, what do you got, <laughs> team? This is what his third. Yeah, it's about that. It's about it. I mean, they're not gonna make the playoffs, so there's no reason to have a guy like Tort's around. <clears throat> they got no. a, lot, a lot of young guys coming up. He's not that kind of coach, so I think you're right. Yeah, he's. Pro- I'm gonna assume he's the first guy gone this year, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> Mm. Uh, no, I think I think they might wait until the end of the year just out of respect for Torts because all the guys left. Yeah, everybody fucking left. You didn't even got a goalie. Your goalie's Corpus Salo. Yeah, but who the fuck is their backup? I I really can't remember his name. He's supposed to be pretty decent, but he's. I think he. They didn't expect him to be up this year, obviously. But he's, they didn't have a choice. Yeah, they don't have a choice. Um. So, so moving on a little bit here. I mean, obviously you got teams like the Maple Leafs off the two one and one, uh, sixteen games scored in four game in four games played. Uh, you got the Bruins starting out two and zero. They're losing tonight to the Golden Knights two to one, who we'll get to in a little bit. I, I actually picked them on um, on the angry, angry and negative show to go to the Stanley Cup. They look they look really solid, man. But we'll get to them. 
Um, so a couple of surprise teams here that I want to talk about in the Atlantic. The first one being the Detroit Red Wings. They started off 2-0, looked very solid. They ended up losing tonight to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I think it was 3-1. to But are they going to be a team... You know that that can that can play this year. Are they gonna are they gonna make any noise? You think? I mean, that the division's pretty I tough. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think so because they're gonna start off decent like they have. They're gonna continue that through October, but it, there's only one team in the league that can function off of one line, yeah. and that's fucking Colorado. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that, man. That's what I mean. Like, there's only one team in the league that can function off of one line, that can make the playoffs off a of fucking one line, and that's Colorado. Detroit ain't it. Yeah, and and Detroit's running, and, I mean, Mantha's hot. The fucking guy's got eight points already. Damn, four goals in a game. Fucking Christ. He, he won that game single-handedly by himself. Yeah, pretty well. Guess what, dude? That ain't going to work for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's just, it's not. I mean, if you got one line... And Mantha is pretty much your one line. That, that's you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just not work. Now Detroit's going to miss this year, um, and possibly if if they can work something out at the trade deadline, maybe they're a bubble team. But Detroit has some missing pieces, but they're they're not a horrible team, but they're not a playoff team. No. Not mine. That division is going to be fun. I'm looking at it now, and I'm looking at Buffalo, Toronto, Boston. Um, Detroit, I think I think you're right. They, they're probably going to fade out just because they got to play all these teams four times. Um, right. Montreal is a solid team. You got Tampa Bay off to a slow start. Steven Stamkos already calling some guys out. Um, they're one one and one. Uh, a little ridiculous, dude. Mister fucking pick my leg every other season. Like it's- <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna you're gonna hold that against them, huh, dude? You broke your leg. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that was two years ago, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm brutal, dude. <laughs> and then uh, we still got the Florida Panthers, the Joe Quenville coached uh, Florida Panthers, who've given up 14 goals already in three games. Um, oh, yeah. It's Bob at. Yeah, that's a lot of money sitting on the bench. I think he was pulled tonight. And, uh, yeah, they went up against the Carolina Hurricanes, who we're going to talk about now. I mean, a perfect 4-0, man. I mean, I think pretty much everybody had them, you know, finishing top three in the division. Uh, it's looking like they're legit division Wait, Why would we jump division? Uh, there's nobody else to talk about in the, in the Atlantic. You want to talk about the Senators? <laughs> sure, <laughs> let's talk about it. If you enjoy bonfires that are started in the bottom of a dumpster, you'll love the uh, Senators. Basically, yeah. And I think they just actually made a trade for someone. Uh, fuck, who who the hell was it? It was a, it was a, a bag of pucks because their budget's kind of tight this year. Dude, yeah, it was a, a, a middle six forward, actually. I'm kind of like, huh, I thought he was decent. Why the hell are they trading for a guy? Like, they're going to tank, and, and I don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. That's a joke. Um, they're they're like the the Redskins for for hockey, dude. Um, so yeah, the the Carolina Hurricanes four and zero, the Rod Brindamore coached Carolina Hurricanes two and zero at home, two and zero on the road, seventeen goals in four games, dude. I think they're legit, and that's not good because they're. I think the Flyers lost to them all four times last year. You know, 
I think the Hurricanes are a solid team from top to bottom. Um, I I think at some point this year, uh, that goaltending is going to fall apart. I hope so. I, I mean, dude, Reimer faced 38 shots tonight. 38 shots. And let's be honest, it's James fucking Reimer. Okay, yes. Have we seen James Reimer put up ridiculous numbers before? No. Not for extended periods of time. Am I right? Yeah. Not for an extended period of time. No, he puts up good numbers from from time to time. But that dude does not put up solid numbers. I think the Carolina Hurricanes, if their goaltending is average, will absolutely be in the playoffs, and they're absolutely a for-real team. I don't know if they're a contender. That's the thing. I, I think they might be. You think? Yeah, I mean, you look at the defense. Um, hang on, let me bring it up over here real quick. I mean... Flurry, Edmonds, Hamilton, Pesci, Gardner, and Slava. That's pretty solid. I mean, uh, you know, Jake Gardner's playing on your, your third pairing and your your top power play unit. Um, you know, if you want to go through the roster real quick here, I mean, wingers, you got they got that steal of a trade in Nino, Nino Niederreiter, who's working out for them pretty well. Um, what was Svechnikov, a second overall pick? Wow, uh, dude, I am such a fan of his. It's not even funny. Looks good so far this year, man. And you got Sebastian Ajo, who I think's pretty. I think he's kind of underrated because he plays for the Hurricanes, but he's a, a hell of a player. You got Ryan. Dezingle. And then they got the, the the trade steal of the fucking decade, picking up Niederreiter, who I wanted to grab. Absolutely, man, unbelievable. What's his name? He's not even on the roster this year. You see, he's like their thirteenth forward or some shit. Rask for for Minnesota. It's a joke. Yeah. So, yeah, and then they, you got guys like Tara Vine, and they bring in a guy like Halla. Uh, Dezangle's a solid depth forward. Uh, Martin Nukes, a, kind of an energy guy. He's on their fourth line. I think they love him in that locker room. I mean, their their weakest area on the team is the center position. I mean, you got Jordan Stahl. Uh, you got a guy like Martin Nikash, uh, who's supposed to be a solid up-and-coming player. Uh, but other than that, there's really nothing down the middle. Uh, so Dude, far, they faced 50 out. shots tonight. Yeah, see, and that's, I'm happy you brought that 50 up. 50 shots. That's going to be tough to and sustain. You, you tell me their defense is obnoxious and solid, and you face 50 shots? Whew. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do that for very long. No. Just uh, for quick reference here, I'm going to go back to the Tampa Bay game because I think that's what, made it, that's what really stood out to me. So against Tampa Bay, they gave up 13 shots total. Oh, well, that's a Tampa Bay problem. I think Tampa Bay's got a lot of pressure on them right now. They have a fuck ton of pressure on them right now. They got swept by Columbus. Yeah. Here's the so thing. I, I think, you know how you said Torts is gone? Yeah. I think first 20 games, if Tampa Bay can't get out of their shit, I think their coach is gone. He's got to be. That lineup's it's loaded. So for them to to not be successful, yeah, and I can't stand that fucking guy either. He's an arrogant fuck. Yeah, he is a prick. Uh, so let's move on a little bit here. We we talked Hurricanes, solid team. Washington Capitals look look like they're back for another strong season. They opened up two zero and two, for a total of six points. Uh, the Rangers, who 
you know, all, all the Flyers fans out there love uh, this year to pass the Flyers. They've opened up 2-0 and um, for a total of four points. They've looked okay. They'll fizzle out. What's that? The Rangers are going to fizzle out. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Absolutely. No I doubt. mean, they're, they're going to ride uh, Lundqvist until his wheels fall the fuck off, and they're going to fall off. He is old, and he's not Hendrick Lundqvist of the past, yeah, and I just... They opened I don't up see against it. the Jets and the Senators, so I mean, give me a fucking break. The Jets, the Jets don't have any defense to save their lives, and they gave up four goals, and then they and beat. Sen- they, and Ottawa's on fire. Yeah, they beat the Senators four to one. So give me a fucking break with the New York Rangers. I don't want. I don't want to hear all fucking season that. Oh, you know, the Flyers should have got the second overall pick and drafted Capo Capo because that's what the fucking Rangers did. By the way, they went out and got Jacob Truba too, and and signed Artemi Panarin. Well, if you can name after Zabanajad, Panarin, Truba, Kako, and and Lundqvist, if you can name five more players, I'll give you five dollars. Five whole dollars. This is like that beer challenge I never got. Ah, dude, I've gotten you many a beer. You you never ever once bought me a beer, Jim. Are you sure? Not even at Kill Switch. You didn't. You I sure? drank with your brother Paul. No, nah, you were wasted, dude. I got you a beer. <laughs> You did not give me a beer, and I was not wasted. You were blackout drunk that night. Oh, you're a fucking idiot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Exactly, though. So you can't name five other players. Moving on. The Pittsburgh... I can't. Let me look at their roster. No, I don't. <laughs> For the sake of the show, don't, don't look up the New York Rangers roster. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins <laughs> opened up one and two, but I, I think... They're in for a similar season to the way I think the San Jose Sharks season might go. Um, they they opened up with a 3-1 loss to the Sabres. They then beat up on the Blue Jackets 7-2. And they lost tonight against the Jets, who have absolutely no defense whatsoever. They lost 4-1. And Malkin's out for an extended period of time, and so is Nate Bjorkstedt. Yep, and, and uh, I saw uh, Hornquist get smacked in the face with a puck. I don't know if he's going to miss any time. That was not, he's a hockey player. Yeah, he is a hockey player. <laughs> I um, doubt he missed any time except for what it took to put the stitches in his face. <laughs> I'm thinking the Pens have a down year this year. They, um, By the way, since we're talking about the Pens, and you know the Flyers open up in Europe, they come back for a home game, and then they fly out west. Penguins open up with three straight games at home. Just throwing that out there. They won one, but still. Let's move on. <laughs> the, <clears throat> the Islanders opened up one and two. Um, seven goals, four, eight goals against. Uh, it's about right on par for how the Islanders play. Um, Edmonton beat them up tonight. I think 5-2. So I thought that was interesting. Edmonton not exactly the best team. I think James Neal had three or four goals tonight. Maybe three. Definitely three. He had a natural hat trick. So that trade's not looking so great for Calgary. Yeah, but you're playing with McDavid. How many assists were primary for McDavid? Uh, that I got to look. Go, go look up your fancy website over there. What website? I have a website? Yeah, you had a thing. Uh, you had Vorchek's primary assist last week. Dude, you know how long it took me to find that? <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, don't. Um... So yeah, we're gonna skip the Blue Jackets and the Devils. The, the Blue Jackets actually um, had a somehow have a win. 
Uh, they beat the Sabres last night, and the Devils are still winless heading into tomorrow night's game against the Flyers. Uh, we'll swap conferences real quick. I'm only going to talk about the uh, the standouts and the uh, you know standing out for the wrong reason standouts because I have to pee. Um, but we got the we got the uh, the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues starting out two and one. Uh, all close games. They look solid, uh, like you would expect from a Stanley Cup champion. The team that I can't wait to talk about and can't wait to watch all year long is the Colorado Avalanche, starting out two and zero. Nine goals, four, five against. Go ahead, Kyle. I know you want to talk about them too. Ah, uh, you know, dude, that fucking line is absolutely ridiculous. It's a joke how good I mean, they are. It is. It's unbelievable. I, I have. I mean. I don't think I've ever seen a line that solid for a very long time in the NHL. I mean, just just watching McDavid alone, he just flies all over the. I love Mc, watching that. I could McDavid? watch him just skate, man. Wait, McDavid? Oh, I'm sorry, McKinnon, McKinnon. I was gonna say, I'm like, wait, when the fuck did Colorado get McDavid? Could you imagine? Oh well, they would be cup contenders almost immediately. I mean, just I could watch McKinnon just skate. All night long. I, I love the way he skates. I don't think there's another player in the league that skates the way he does. His, his feet never stop moving. He's, he can fucking skate backwards uh, faster than most, most guys can skate forwards. You know, it's so funny, too. That he, he doesn't stop moving his feet, and he's also one of the rarities that can take three or four strides and be as fast as somebody who's been skating since the fucking goal line. Yep. Yeah, I love watching that team play. I'm gonna all year long after after the Flyers or, you know, around ten o'clock when there's nothing else to watch on TV. That's who I watch. I watch the Avalanche. Um, Miko Ranton, and I have him on my dynasty team. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's an insane player in his own right. Just to have him and McDavid paired up is just not fair. And then you have uh, Landis Cog. Obviously, he's a good player in his own right, but he I think he benefits a lot from playing with those two. I'm not sure if he puts up 35 goals a, uh, without playing with those two guys. Um, and then they went in, went out and got Nazem Kadri. I think they have a solid second line. They have a little bit more depth this year than they do from last year. Uh, obviously, uh, Cal McCarr, I think, is a Calder candidate this year. Uh, and Gru- oh, absolutely. Grubauer. And, and they got exciting players, man. See, that's a fun team to watch. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll move on a little bit. With Winnipeg, Jets started out 2-2, two and two, scoring 14 goals, giving up 15. That's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch this year. They got a lot of firepower, but they they have no defense at all. Dustin Bufflin apparently didn't train or skate all summer long. By the way, uh, he's not playing. He's not going to play this whole year. Yeah, nah, he's he's done. I, I can't see. Uh, you know, I, I, who did? Were we talking to somebody? Did we bring that up with somebody before? Maybe last week with Jack. I can't remember. No, I feel like I watched an interview with a player, and they were asking him about that. And the guy said, listen, if you don't know if you want to play hockey anymore, you're already done. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a similar interview, I think, with Bob McKenzie. And then he came out today. Apparently, he's been in contact with him, and that's what Bob McKenzie said. He didn't skate or train all summer. And Bufflin's already a fat fuck. So for him, and why he's already got lazy issues, yeah. Yeah, so he's he's pretty much done. The stars, who everybody uh, 
I, I guess not everybody, but you know they were a sexy pick to make the playoffs and make some noise this year. Ben Bishop had a hot start, hot finish last year. I'm sorry. Started out 0 and 3, got their first win tonight. They came back to beat the Capitals, so they're 1 and 3. Uh, surprised by the Dallas Stars start to the season? Honestly, I am because you know I was on that Corey Perry train. Mm-hmm. I really wanted that guy in Philly. <laughs> you're on a you're on a lot of trains tonight, Kyle. I am. That's a choo choo. Better to run with than be run on. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I I thought adding Pavelski and adding Perry was going to give them something they haven't had. And, you know, it's still kind of to be determined. You're only four games into the fucking season. So, let's be honest. There's, You can judge the first four games if you feel like it. But 25 games, I want to see where they're at. If they're bad in 25 games, oh, somebody's getting fired. Okay. <laughs> no doubt. Okay. Um, yeah, the stars. I don't. I wasn't sure if I agreed with all the buzz. I know Pavelski and Perry, you know, went over there, but Pavelski is kind of getting up there in age. Can he score thirty-five goals with a new team? He scored thirty-eight last year. So I mean, yes, yeah. in my person, absolutely, he can. Yeah. So for me, I, I had some questions. So let's see. I mean, it's only four games. Rough start. They won their first one tonight. Let's see what happens. Not really going to touch on the Blackhawks or the Wild. Not really. About Anaheim. Excited for let's talk team. about Anaheim. Okay, let's. Hot start, 3-0 in the Pacific Anaheim. Division. Oh, man. Yes, they are. And their fucking goalie is setting the world on fire already. I can't believe it. But then again, you should believe it because John Gibson is that fucking good. He certainly is, and he's certainly helping out my dynasty team. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah, hot start three, you know. Uh, they have a brand new coach this year, don't they? I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty interesting to start three, you know. Uh, basically, same roster. I think they called up a lot of the kids this year, and in, in Troy Terry and uh, Max Comtois. He hasn't played in a game yet. Uh, Sam Steele, I think, may have just gotten hurt. Uh, there's another guy. I can't remember his name. Max Jones, maybe? So they have some players coming up. The defense, I think, is sound. And obviously having a goalie like John Gibson to bail you out of a lot of the shit. Uh, I think they're giving up 35-plus shots a game. So I'm not sure how much long longer they can withstand. But 3-0 is 3-0. So Anaheim Ducks, definitely a surprise. Um a surprise for me is the Edmonton Oilers starting out 3 and 0, their third win in a row tonight. Um have you seen some of their their those uh roster projections they had before the season like you can you could interchange you know their entire lineup besides McDavid and Drysaddle with free agents right now and and they might even be better than the roster they have. Edmonton's a tricky beast because Edmonton has Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. And the dude's going to put up 120 fucking points. Yeah. That's... He's just going. So if they could just get a goalie to make legitimate saves, or at least the easy save, they're going to win off them. 
But I think Edmonton's another team, you know, start off hot, and at some point that's going to fizzle out a bit. I mean, they got nine goals against and 14 goals for. It's only a five-goal difference. That's going to – like once they – obviously everybody's already game planning for McDavid. Yeah. But once strategy starts – Actually, like you start shaking down this lineup and start having some video on some games. They, they're another team with an, a new coach. Yeah, that was that's a good point because I was going to bring that up. Uh, what's it, what the hell's his name? Tippett, Dale Tippett, Dave Tippett. Yeah, Tippett. Yeah, I think he's making a big difference out there. Nine goals against in three games, fourteen goals for. I mean, you got a guy like McDavid that can create like that. If you could play solid team defense, you're going to win some games. I think. Um, so we'll go move on to my Stanley Cup pick here, the, the Vegas Golden Knights, two and zero, both wins over the San Jose Sharks, playing a team like Boston tonight, tonight, excuse me, who I think just tied it up at two at the end of the first, possible Stanley Cup matchup. I don't know, you know, we're only in Game Three, but the Vegas Golden Knights, unsurprisingly to myself, two and zero, nine goals for, two goals against, completely embarrassing the San Jose Sharks uh, in a home and away series to start the year. Any thoughts on the Golden Knights? Make note of this right now. This is my prediction for the Golden Knights. They are going to get bit hard by the injury bug this year. Wow, the Kyle Jinx. They are going to get bit hard by it. I think they still squeak into the playoffs, but I don't think it'll be an impressive first round for them. Okay, all right. So Vegas Golden Knights, injury bug. Um, Let's move on. None of these teams really uh, do anything for me here. You got the Calgary Flames 1-1. One Los Angeles Kings 0-1 heading into the night tonight. I think they are actually beating the Flames. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, who I expected a, a little bit more from. I, I think I picked them to sneak into the playoffs this year. Uh, started out 0-2. The Vancouver Canucks, who are kind of like a dumpster fire in their own right. They're like the Senators of the Western Conference. Even though they do have some some players to watch in, in Besser and uh, uh, Elias Patterson. Uh, started out 0-2. They don't look that great. Two goals, four in two games. Not that good. San Jose Sharks, who, you know, I don't think I expected, anybody expected them to look this bad. I think I expected them to make the playoffs and, you know, contend for their division. Start out 0-3. Three goals, four. 0-4. They lost tonight. There you go. 0-4. Three goals, four before tonight and 12 against. Apps, they are by far the worst team in the league at the moment. It's early in the season. Uh, one thing that always got to me with San Jose, and I think it's going to get to San Jose, their goaltending. It's so fucked up. Oh, yeah. Martin Jones is terrible, They're, man. That's, that's what I mean. They have no goaltending. And then they have, on top of no goaltending... They have Brett Burns and Carlson. No defense. Who aren't very good at defense. They're fucking phenomenal offensive players. But every time I watch Brent Burns play defense, I'm like, the fuck is that guy doing? (laughs) He's not playing defense. That's what I mean. Like, what the fuck is that guy doing? And for a big body... He should be playing better fucking defense. 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, Yeah, the Sharks. Dumpster fire to start the season. 
I got nothing else here, and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to pee my pants, Kyle. All right. <laughs> so let's wrap this one up. What do you think? We're about uh, damn, we're, we're an hour and 23 minutes into this episode without Jack, yes. if you can believe that. So, so much for 45 fucking minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we planned on just doing a quick show tonight, and, you know, we got, we got talking hockey a little bit, guys. It's back. So we're excited. You know, first official show um of the actual season uh we'll be back next tuesday hopefully with some more wins to talk about um don't forget to follow us on twitter at hw underscore radio underscore instagram at hw underscore radio facebook uh high and wide radio just search high and wide radio and be sure to subscribe to the podcast guys um look look for us on twitter instagram obviously we have uh we're giving away free tickets for the November 5th game in what's now looking to be like a very tough matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we're going to announce the winner on October 22nd show. Uh, all you got to do to win the tickets, guys, is uh, share the tweet. If you want to tag a friend, you can. But definitely make sure you're following the podcast account. This way we can find you and DM you uh, to tell you you won the tickets. Uh, let me see. What else we got, Kyle? We got anything else going on? Now I think you covered all the underscores. <laughs> yeah, I definitely covered the underscores. It, thank <laughs> God that's all there was, man, because I'm, I'm going to burst in two seconds. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, Jack will be back as well. And, yeah, let's go Flyers. Hopefully we're talking about another, another win tomorrow night. So thanks for listening, and have a good night, guys.